Hey guys, let's talk about Berserk. And this particular chunk is a huge chunk, so I'm gonna break this up into two parts. Trust me, this is the eclipse. We're gonna have some fun now. I'm so excited. I'm not. I'm I actually like am dreading this now. After rewatching the Golden Arc and really getting acquainted with the Hawks and like just falling head over heels in love with Judo again. No 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 no. We can live in this moment forever. Let's just do that. Let's live in this moment forever. So demons are sporadically like showing up. The snake dude from like episode one of Berserk is just kind of walking around the woods and there's some other demons just kind of you know being here and there and everywhere and people are starting to see them and go what the fuck is that? Uh our boy Rickard actually gets to see this shit up close. First he's lucky enough to see a fairy who just kind of watches as the demons surround him. They don't do anything to him. They just kind of scare the shit out of him because we see that Rickard's still alive. He's a little mental mentally scarred but you know whatever because the demons don't actually physically hurt him it's like are those demons really there or are they a figment of his imagination because they exist on maybe like another plane of existence right now like they're there but not there and the fairy just kind of sits there and watches but this doesn't look like a fairy we've seen a fairy before they look like fairies from like legend of zelda and shit this looks like a moth demon it kind of looks like if you if you watch devil man there's an explanation of demons and they have a similar kind of moth butterfly demon or whatever getting torn apart at the very beginning of the explanation of what demons are and i think this is a nod to that particular demon which is pretty cool because this show is another show that's like if, if you look at the anime family tree this is the one that comes off the devil man line so this is like son of devil man other son of devil man evangelion and because of the nature of those anime who knows if berserk is part of that universe legitimately the manga itself hasn't ended who knows if this is gonna repeat i hope it does if there is a list of like family trees of like anime that inspired on the anime let me know fam because i would love to check that out that sounds like a fun endeavor something to dive into if i had skills to code and you know time and motivation to do the research i would absolutely build that website but here we are in that world where i don't we see griffith soldiers talking about how happy they're gonna be to get griffith back and things are gonna be like they were before and man they his soldiers fucking love him keep that in mind Always remember that. His soldiers fucking love him. They are they won't shut up about him. The, yeah, Casca is a badass leader and she's actually leading them towards some good shit. But they're just like, oh man, Casca's great and everything. But you just fucking wait till Griffith shows up. And then they also make a plan where you could actually kind of have a what-if spin-off of this. If Mira there wanted to hand over IP at least a little bit to somebody else to write a spin-off of, what if Griffith decided to join forces with the feuding country? against his current country that would be dope i would like that mira please there's lots of stuff like that that happen for my hero academia there's a spin-off manga called vigilantes that's really fun it's in the same universe but it's not a uh horihoshi joint you know as long as he has overseeing goes okay this is allowed to happen or eh, i don't know about this kind of like toriyama and the prison planet bullshit that's going on in dragon ball z and i mean kind of technically toriyama and dragon ball super right but i mean you know just because i know that manga is incredibly daunting especially the way berserk manga is drawn have you ever seen the berserk manga it's incredibly detailed it's it's absurdly detailed so like when he whenever he's like okay i drew one chapter i'm going on hiatus i'm like yeah no i get it you put way too much lines in this tree look at that tree that shit looks incredible thank you the end of this when you see the eclipse and there's a bunch of heads making up other heads and they kind of have that detail in there Mother, my motherfucking mirror, all, he draws all that shit. He will draw a head and then draw 7,000 little heads inside that head. He will sit there and do that. How? I don't know. He must have a massive magnifying glass on his light table in order to like pull this shit off because it is incredibly detailed. I do not have the patience. Mira has the, the most patience in the world. I do not understand how he does it. He's incredible. Just Google Art of Berserk and you will see some incredible compositions and, sh and art that will blow you away. So... 
in order to get into the dungeon to rescue Griffith, they're like, we have somebody on the inside that's helping us get through this. And it finds it turns out it's Princess Charlotte, who is like, no, yeah, why wouldn't I want to help you rescue Griffith? Duh. She, she mentions later after they rescue him that she wants to see him again. Maybe she does, but I don't know. I only ever seen the Golden Arc. Knowing that these chunks of Berserk, like Redux, goes past the eclipse makes me really nervous because I've never gone past the eclipse. This is like in back in the day when we used to watch Tsunami. We used to get Dragon Ball Z up to a certain point. It was like during the middle of the Frieza saga. And then Dragon Ball Z, I think a Cartoon Network or whatever, didn't have the rights to the rest of Dragon Ball Z. It would restart over and over again so you'd get to the frieza saga and then all of a sudden the next episode would be goku going hey guys this is my son well i guess we're not gonna find out what the fuck frieza does in order to watch the rest of dragon ball z i had to fucking watch it in spanish that and growing up in the barrio helped me uh with the little insignificant amount of spanish that i know today also the spanish dub of dragon ball was uncensored so holy shit i got to see piccolo blow a hole in goku's chest for the first time and i was blown away back then i had this feeling of excitement when i got past that part in the freezer story like i get to see more stuff like i get to understand what all these what all this fan art's about why is goku a child again what's going on but here with berserk i don't feel that i feel nothing but terror like i'm scared of what's gonna happen next because things get worse for our band of the hawk can my i don't know if i could take it i might need to take a break after this one and then get back to evangelion and other things and then come back to this because i'm scared y'all i'm fucking scared i might come back to it for halloween because you know it's spooky it gets spooky it becomes evil dead which you know it's Halloweeny. Only Evil Dead is a lot sillier than Berserk. Berserk is if Evil Dead took itself seriously. On the way down to go get Griffith, they tell the story of the motherfucker who united all the kingdoms before. The problem with the world is that they're always fighting. Always. Like, nobody in this world has known peace for, like, thousands of years because there's always a war going on. And this is the Hundred Year War that they're fighting now. But, like, before that, there was crazy amounts of wars over kingdoms and then one dude unified them all. That was, we find out, is the skull knight he's not the skull knight confirmed but the dude wears a fucking skull helmet when he goes into battle he was also the last one to have a bailet and then there's a secret like capitals under the under this dungeon and we get to go all the way to the bottom of the dungeon and everybody's heads are like emblazoned with the brand of sacrifice so it's like in order to gain that power he had to use the bailet the same way griffith is using it now the hand of the of evil i think it's called has only four fingers you know there's only four members and they're like griffith it's time to become the fifth finger they had the chance to get the fifth finger, but the Skull Knight seemed to have re- seemed to have rebelled against it. The Skull Knight actually was like, "Oh, oh, actually, this is a bad thing. I did what I did was fucked up, and I'm gonna try to make that not happen again." So he's fighting the good fight. We see him fighting Zod later on. When when they talked to Zod before, he seemed to be afraid of Griffith. Yeah, that motherfucker's gonna turn heel. Guts is like, "I don't understand what you're talking about." It's a prophecy, Guts, and he's like, "Yeah, I get it." But I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I didn't know for like 20 years that Griffith was in love with me. So there's no way I'm going to know what your prophecy is. Skull Knight shows up and tells him the same thing. Like, that dude's going to turn heel. And he's like, why do people keep saying that? I don't know what that means. I don't speak your weird wrestling lingo. But because Zod gave him the premonition, kind of ran away. I thought that Zod was also against the whole hand of evil or whatever. But then the Skull Knight says that he's guarding the Eclipse area. And it's like, is he? And he said, no, I'm not guarding this place. Let's fight, bro. And they start fighting. And you're like, what the hell's going on? I want to know how he fell from grace and all that stuff. I would love a long, detailed dissertation and explanation about the Skull Knight and his bullshit. And they only give you a taste of it here, but they leave you wanting more. We all, The only, like, deep dive of character that we get here is the main three. Akaska, Guts, and Griffith. Griffith is trapped in his dungeon, and all he can think about is Guts. That motherfucker. <laughs> Guts. And he's like, well, I actually feel a lot of emotions towards Guts. Like, all the emotions I'm able to feel, it's like all the colors of Skittles. When you combine all the Skittle colors, it's this ugly, brown, muddy mess 
That's how I feel about Guts. Everybody piles into Griffith's dungeon. They seek the state of Griffith. Like, he is fucked up. He's been tortured all types of ways. Tongue's been cut out, which the torturer is wearing on his neck. And his tendons have been cut, so he can't, like, use his arms or legs ever again. Poor Griffith is so emaciated. He's probably only been fed enough to keep him alive. Because they do mention that he does eat. Who gets run through. He talks so much shit. And Guts, who cannot take it. Stabs him right through his stupid chest and throws him off a cliff. After cutting his tongue so he can't go to heaven. Which, holy shit, really? They have this weird religion in, in Berserk that's so in the background that you're like, what is that about? And it's like, shh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about that. We're not, we're not doing that. We're not here to tell you about the religious system, okay? This is about the story of Guts and Griffith. And I'm like, fine, but I wanted to know what was over there with that religion. I just wanted to know. And you're like, mm-mm. Focus, focus on this. I hate that, it drives me nuts, but it's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. The, the world is perfectly built that they live in, and there are things that are, exist, it's just the, that's not what the fo- fo- focus of this is. If they had a religious guy in their stead, if they had like a priest or something in the band of the hawk, maybe we touch on it more, but we don't, so they don't. It's like, it's just there. It exists, but we don't got to worry about it. It's just like there's a system of governance, you know? And there's a system of how knights are... We, we learned how knights go up the ranks, but we don't know anything else about the world. You know, the Zelda encyclopedia? I want that bit of berserk, just so I can understand everything that's going on. We do know something about the religion, but I'm not going to mention it now. The whole What happens to Griffith is, uh, you almost can't blame him for what happens. <laughs> But you absolutely can blame him for what happens. You can also blame Guts. It's Guts' fault. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, let's take a step back. When Guts goes and rescues him, Griffith fucking tries to choke him. He tries. He tries his hardest. Guts just crushes him to his chest with a hug. Like, And Guts probably in his in his own mind. Griffith is laying there and is like, this is my fault. I shouldn't have left. Oh no. We've, it turns out the king knows what's going on and sends an army of dudes down there. Not an army really. Like 40 dudes. We've seen Guts kill 100. And they're like, that's just a rumor Okay, you back Guts up against the wall and there's a big-ass pit you can fall into? Mistake. You guys made an error. He can just take that big-ass sword and just shove you off the edge of it. Kind of like when you're making onions on a cutting board and then you take grape the onions to one side. Y'all onions! <laughs> right through the entire army with his rage about Griffith's like, condition and about all this shit. And they rescue Griffith, the big dude Pippin, I finally remember. Pippin is wearing, uh, it's great now that I know his name, he's dead now. But Pippin, uh has Griffith on his back, and uh, I think Charlotte is also with them, but they do a good, does a good deal of just wholesale slaughter himself, and pushes his way out of there, and they even kill the uh, head of the guard here, who has a ridiculous underbite, makes me think that he's not all human, and Guts kills his ass too, while he's talking, while he's popping shit, Guts is like, I don't have time for any of this melodramatic night bullshit, and chops, I think chops his head off, from the fucking nose. They have they engage in this badass chase scene where they're on horses and Griffith's in a wagon and Griffith is suffering. <laughs> this wagon is jarring his hurt ass, wounded, weak body left and right. His skeleton, and that's all he is. And he is being jarred all around this little carriage. They're shooting arrows, arrows rain down on them. Poor Griffith's carriage gets skewered by so many arrows. You're worried about Griffith the whole time and they are too. They're like, oh shit. Then one of the horses takes an arrow to the throat and starts bleeding out and it's hard to control. The horse like regains its composure later on. <laughs> but for now it's freaking out like, oh, Oh my god, I'm bleeding to death. And later it's like, you know, I've come to grips with my own fate. And I'm sure when the distraction happens, when Corcus does the one good thing in his whole life and, make, and does that distraction where he cuts them off, he cuts the army off at the pass, I'm sure that's when they change the horses out. We're like, okay, this horse can die here peacefully on the road and we'll saddle it up with a new horse. Cool escape scene, a cool chase scene, getting to watch Guts and uh, Pippin kill things while on horseback and not holding their reins means that they're just almost cracking their horse's ribs with how tight they must be holding on with their legs. Especially big-ass Pippin, who the horse is already suffering because Pippin weighs like 500 pounds. Just a pure muscle, just a wall of muscle. And he's crushing this horse's ribs with his legs. That poor horse. The horse survives, though. I, they 
Pippin got off the horse, it collapsed and died. Griffith gets all bandaged up, and this whole situation fucks Costco up. She was fucked up about it since they rescued him. Everybody's fucked about this, but she's taking it really, really hard. I mean, everybody is, but she's the one who's showing it the most. Griffith is just laid there. He can't say anything, he can't speak to them, so whenever something happens, he has to nod or shake his head or look at things. He tells Guts he wants to wear his, his chest plate. D- two things strike me about this scene. Griffith in his armor is so small. You can really tell how small he's gotten. You can also tell how small he's gotten just because how big Guts is. Guts doesn't look like he got any bigger. He's just the the size he always is. He just dwarfs Griffith, and it's so sad. He's holding his little frail friend in his arms, and he's so small. I remember when I first saw this, I was devastated about the state of Griffith because, like, he was so proud, you know? And now he's this shell of himself and it's like well it's his own fault then you look at guts and you're like no it's his fault <laughs> you know it's just a running joke i absolutely think this is all on griffith and he made shitty this stupid decisions because of guts i want to blame anybody but griffith because i still love him you know even though he's a monster we were so happy we all could have had it all we're rolling in the deep judo comes up with a plan he's like look fuck if you want to go with guts that's fine i'm gonna take the band of the hawk and we're gonna become a, a band of bandits but i'm gonna lead them if if you want to go and be happy somewhere because you deserve it i we can't force you to stay here and lead us that's bullshit corcus is heartbroken because of selfish reasons like you know we got to the we made it to the top and we were there and now we're not this is bullshit we fell back down to the bottom and we worked so hard to get there and i get that you guys just assumed that griffith would be able to help you he's been captive for a long time you thought that he would just be able to bring chicken get up out of his dungeon and be totally okay like the light wouldn't blind him like his legs wouldn't be atrophied you know you guys had a lot of hopes they were unrealistic to be honest if you think about a dungeon would griffith want revenge absolutely and he totally could lead the band of the hawk in a weird way from way in the back as a strategist writing down instructions for what he wants people to do but with his attendance cut can he write oh, fuck that must be terrible like, he'd have to learn how to like write with his mouth oh, poor griffith man it just breaks my heart he's incredibly sympathetic until you know you see the inside of his brain but he's still even then he's still sympathetic he's just a man with a dream he didn't know what it would take to, to get to his dream most people have these lofty goals and ambitions but you don't know what it takes to get there so you, you start going on that road think about how griffith feels he's absolutely wants to be the leader of the hawks again but then griffith also sees guts and casca like embracing you know also judo sounds exact when he tells casca that she needs to go and no he tells guts that they he needs to go with casca he's like look and if you don't go this time and he doesn't say anything but it's very obvious that judo is also in love with casca he knows that she wants those two and not him he's a real bro and he's like look if you have somebody you want them to be happy and he wants casca to be happy so he's like look take her and be happy and judo's plan bandits or whatever is interrupted because the, the band of the hawk is just like guts we want you to lead us and guts is like this is what i've been looking for this whole time i already had what i wanted even though it wasn't going away and being griffith's equal this makes me feel whole you know and complete again my heart breaks a bunch because i know what's in store for everyone it, it's harder watching this going back and watching it also griffith finds out what guts's problem is we don't know his reaction to that because griffith just kind of opens his eyes wider a little bit like oh okay guts heard griffith talking shit and griffith finally knows that guts heard that because he heard casca and guts talking about it and casca tells him hey you remember that what you overheard that night yeah you you can't stay here you have to be you have to go off and be his equal griffith probably feels a bunch of different emotions about this he probably feels like you're gonna leave me again and griffith probably has a lot of self-loathing like if I just didn't fuck that princess, all of this wouldn't happen. If I just didn't say that shit, cuts wouldn't have left now that I know that. So Griffith has lots and lots of self-loathing. He could probably hear all the men make all these speeches about who's going to lead us now. And Costco saying that Griffith can't. Griffith has to just 
lay there and listen to it. Griffith goes joyriding because he has a daydream about himself pointing at the castle again. We, we see this imagery of Guth Griffith as a kid thinking about going to the castle a lot. And it's symbolism for he just can't wait to be king. This just can't wait to be king montage though is a lot less colorful. <laughs> There's just one color and it's like this washed out sepia tone. So his journey to the castle leads him on a delusionary chase against this boy. He picks up the reins of the horses in his teeth. And he's like, let's fucking go. He could barely crawl. He made it, though. I'm sure crawling on his elbows. Also, poor Griffith tries his best to, like, have some sort of intimacy with Casca. He just can't. And Casca just kind of holds him for a while. And it's the saddest shit. And Casca just, like, fucking breaks about this. But we don't have much time to be sad because Griffith's taking a joyride. And Guts grabs the horse and chases after him. And on his joyride, he falls into a river. The scene where he falls off the horse and into the river... They do such a great job with the reflections of the water here. Like, you're like, damn, this show shines when they lean into making the, if this is still CG, when they lean into making it look like animation, the obvious CG, it's like, blah. I think that kind of obvious CG being weird and off-putting works with the eclipse scene itself, when you actually see the heads and all that stuff. It works because it's off-putting, but... The animation, when they try, looks really, really good. Griffith tries to kill himself on a, on a sharp rock he finds. Uh, instead, he starts laughing just because he can't do it. Um, and then he finds the bailet, just finds his hand again. Wow, look at that. And then the eclipse happens. And then we're going to take a break there and come back tomorrow with the next part of this. Because I need to take the world's largest deep breath first. It's like longest deep breath ever, 10 hours. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And definitely come back so I'm not dealing with the eclipse by myself. Please, please come back. <laughs> Thanks for listening.